It's absolutely wonderful to be here this morning and to see all of you from the church across Johannesburg. I know when we do something like this and some join uh, a few days later, it's so important that you also get caught up in what we're doing. And I hope in some way you have caught the heart of what God's doing among us. It really has been outstanding. We had some really key messages brought from the Word of God. And I uh, just want to say to all of you, I really want to recommend that you get the links and you listen to them. Uh, Toxie McQueen had kicked us off. It took me a day to recover. Um, just listening to our heart, speaking how the gospel transformed her life and the impact of the gospel. And it was just a reminder of how we can take the gospel all across the nations. And then we were followed by Wesley and Rory. Um, thank you all who served us so well. And uh, this morning we close off this time and I want to bring you the word of God from Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10. So from me, thank you very much. But also, I want to thank you if you are from Johannesburg. Many people say lots of things about Johannesburg. But I just want to tell you, you are key in the purposes of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wesley. Let me yeah. try that again. Wesley, would you just help the people? Yeah. Yeah. You are key in the purposes of God. Yeah. When Heather and I were still living in London, leading our church movement regions beyond, based in London, and we knew God was stirring us to return to South Africa, um, one of the things he laid in our heart was a real longing and a love for this city and his purposes for your city. And so it's great to be here. So we close off today. We come to God. We read from his word. And hopefully I'm going to be able to guide you into his purposes. And I'd like to read from Numbers chapter 10 and uh, verse 11. Okay, actually, sorry, I'm going to start. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Let me read the first few verses. And uh, just to give you a little bit of context, um, Numbers starts as they prepare to leave Sinai. So if you know your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 1 is where Moses recounts the journey and he's, God came to them while they were camped at Sinai after about nine months or so. They lived at the base of Sinai. It was demarcated with beacons and no one touched the mountain. And then God said to them, make trumpets because the time is coming where you will need to leave and advance into my promised land. And we know in Moses' case, it took a long time for his people to get there and sadly not for him himself. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, make two silver trumpets of of hammered work you shall make them, and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for breaking camp. Sorry. <coughs> oh, the worship this morning. Too good. Forgive me. And when both were blown, all the congregation shall gather themselves to you at the entrance of the tent of meeting. But if they blow, sorry, can we move on? Um, chapter, verse 11. Okay, so there's the first picture. And in the second year, in the second month, on the 20th day of the month, the cloud lifted from over the tabernacle of the testimony. And the people of Israel set out by stages from the wilderness of Sinai. And the cloud settled down in the wilderness of Paran. They set out for the first time at the command of the Lord by Moses. The standard of the camp of the people of Judah set out first by their companies. And over their company was Nashon, son of Aminadab. And over the company of the tribe of the people of Issachar was Nathaniel, the son of Zuar. And over the company of the tribe of people of Zebulun was Eliab, the son of Heather. If I keep going, you will just hear 
name after name, tribe after tribe, as they fill into step behind the Ark of the Covenant. Verse 25, then the standard of the camp of the people of Dan, acting as the rear guard of all the camps set up by their companies, and over their company was Ahazer, the son of Amishashadai, and over the company of the tribe of the people of Asher was Padjil, the son of Akran. And over the company of the tribe of people of Naphtali was Ahira, the son of Enan. This was the order of the march of the people of Israel by their companies when they set out. I want you to read that because I want you to hear the names. Because so often when we're involved in church, we often feel that the purposes of God is about a church name, or even greater, a movement name. <clears throat> but God speaks about people, you, your name, as part of His purposes. And now I want to introduce you to a man with an unusual name. His name is Hobab. And Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruah, the Midianites, Moses' father-in-law, We are setting out for the place of which the Lord had said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will do good for you. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. But he, that's Hobab, said to him, I will not go. I will depart to my own land and to my kindred. And he said, As Moses, please do not leave us, for you know where we should camp in the wilderness. You, you will serve as, our, as eyes for us. And if you do go with us, whatever, the, whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same will we do to you. So they set out from the mount of the Lord, three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was over them by day whenever they set out from the camp. Father God, we thank you for this incredible account of your people being gathered up for your purposes. We thank you, Lord, that your aim was always to gather a family to yourself, a people, a people belonging to God. And Lord, not nameless, faceless, but real people like us here today. And now, Lord, as I bring your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, will you come, will you help us, will you help each one here to see the significant place they play in your purposes. I ask you for that, Lord. I ask you that, like your people here, we too would hear that great trumpet call to see your purposes fulfilled in this nation and in the nations of Africa and beyond. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What an amazing uh, passage of scripture, and I wish we had more time, because when you read the whole context, you get a feel of how everybody got themselves ready for the purposes of God, how the different tribes, and we come from the free states, and many of our friends are from the Basutu people group, and we've got to know the names, and all of them have family names, and so half of the free state is Mokwena. <laughs> and then you've got the Moffat Kings, and then you've got this one and that one. But here we see in the Bible how everyone, every one of you, every one of our families is part of the purposes of God when He calls us to be Himself. And so if you listen carefully, you would have heard the title of my message, which is, Come with us, we will do you good. Come with us. We will do you 
good. The trumpet call had blasted. It had gone out. I love Deuteronomy chapter 1. It was a scripture that shaped my life in the Lord. I remember being in a weekend like this and the person speaking spoke from it. And I was a businessman sitting right up in the far corner there. Yeah, we can see you. They all stood down in their chairs quickly. But sitting right in the back and then hearing the word of the Lord say, break camp and advance. And this urgency struck my heart. And when the call came, it was, Lord, I don't know what this means, where it will take me, but here we are. I'm coming for you. And for the Israelites, suddenly the cloud of God, the very presence of God over them, protecting them from that terrible sun in Sinai. And I've walked through Sinai, I've had a, a day there, and so I know what it's like. It's terrible ground to walk on, it's very gnarly and lots of little stones. God puts his protection over his people. Some two million people taking shape at last. Former slaves. All former slaves. All they knew was slavery. Now they caught up. They've got shape. Did you hear? They gathered under the different stands. I thought that was so beautiful. Sometimes I dream about what heaven will be like. Revelation 19, the bride of Christ is ushered in. And all the different church and people groups come in. I wonder if God's going to give us a standard. Be beautiful. Walking under a flag. So these former slaves have become a people. They've got order. They each have their place. If you go through, you'll see every time they march, they go in the same way. They must have looked quite formidable. No wonder the people of Jericho shuddered later on when they heard the stories of this people. And in the midst of this amazing story, it's recorded the story of one man. I love his name, Hobab. Beautiful name, Hobab. He suddenly appears. And it's like God's talking about all these people groups and how they fit. And then suddenly there's this one that doesn't fit. He's a Midianite. He happens to be Moses' brother-in-law. Sephora, Sephora, I think the name was. Moses' wife. It's her brother. And Moses is getting everyone ready. He says, right, so, and then he thinks, hang on a second. This is fantastic. We know where we're going. God's with us. But I tell you what, I don't want to go ahead unless Hobab is here. Where's Hobab? They bring Hobab to him. And he says, Hobab, we're sitting out of the place of which the Lord had said, I will give you. You know, we, we people have promised. Hobab, we're carrying promises. Not promises from this one or that one. Promises from the creator of all the earth. We've got a promise. That's where we're going. Come with us. We will do you good. Or we will do good to you in the years to For the Lord has promised good to Israel. What a beautiful, confident statement. What a beautiful statement. And Moses, you can just imagine the energy of like, come on, hold up. Look at this. Isn't this impressive? Look at the standards, the cloud. Did you hear the trumpets? We know where we're going. There's a land God has promised. Come with us. No, I won't be coming. Those of you who lead churches, you know that feeling at times. Where you see such giftedness. You see such anointing, such ability. And you think, oh, no, I'm not going. Come with us. We'll do you good. No, I'm going to my own people. Going back to my people, the Midianites. That's where I belong. Let me be. You guys, you will look organized. Go. But Moses doesn't stop there. He must have been so convinced of the call of God that he persists. And we can accept from Scripture 
that Hobart sees this and his eyes are opened and he thinks, hmm, actually, I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to miss this. I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And he says, okay, particularly when Moses says to him, you will be our eyes. He was a man of the desert. He had taken his sheep all over that part of the world. And Moses says, you know this place. It was Moses' big ask that persuades him. And this morning, my dear brothers and sisters from across the nations here of Africa, I'm here to do a big ask and to say, will you, will you come with us? And before you get too excited and nod and say, hey, I'm in, I'm on my way, I just want to say to you that even for Moses' people, it was quite a journey. And we've got quite a journey before us. But we have one who has promised. And as a family of churches, we've called it regions beyond. You see it sometimes, oh, there's the logo. Although it's not the thing that we really lift up. As you heard this morning, the name of Jesus for us is the thing that's in our hearts and on our t-shirts. That's what we do it for. Reason beyond just family name to help us in our togetherness and our identity. But I want to ask you, come with us. We will do you good. Now, I don't want Hobart's response. I'm not going to ask you to answer my question. I'm going to ask you to listen to me for a while. And it will come to that. But I can imagine that for Hobab, he's thinking, hey, I get to go home. I get to go back to my family. Leave all these people. I mean, spending time with two million people all the time, like a gathering. Let me head back to the quietness of the desert. And he must have had some questions going through his mind. And I would imagine I chose four questions which I'm going to answer this morning, which I think will be questions you will have in your heart. Why were they on this journey? Is the first question. Why were they on this journey? Why spend all this money to do a gathering for Africa? Africa is a difficult and expensive place to travel across. Some of these brothers spent days getting here. I think you spent a night in a bus at the border post, didn't you? I mean, it's just, you think, why? So let's ask that question. Why are we doing the journey? Then, I want to ask another question. Why was Moses so confident to ask this big ask of Hobab? Where did his confidence come from? Because he didn't give up. The no, I'm going to my people just went over his head. No, you're not. You're coming with us. Why was he so confident? Thirdly, who was Hobab joining? Who was Hobab joining? Because if they asked me to come, I'd say, who are you guys? I want to know. And then very lastly, why did Moses want Hobab to join So I'm going to do those as quickly as I can. You with me? You're all very quiet. This is not quite an African context. Okay, here we go. Our Bible is an incredible book. And what a privilege for us to live in a nation where it's so freely available and where we can read it and have freedom to do this without any authorization, without having any planning or anything like that. We live in nations where Craig Lindsay come from where this isn't as free, it's not as easy. And so it's such a privilege. It's one long, beautiful story, this book, of a loving, merciful God from cover to cover. The story of God, where every page makes him known to us. And you realize very quickly, if you're one who loves this book, that every time you read it or open its pages, it begins to speak to you. And you think, how do you know that? Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
His plan of redemption right at the heart of the story. You see Jesus from page one right to the end. I'm not sure how many pages are in my Bible. They're not all the same. Beautiful story. And his aim is always and has always been is to redeem a people to himself. That's what God's purposes were. To redeem a people. After the fall of man. To redeem a people to himself. But not just a people, a family. God's purpose is to gather a family. And not from a single people group. Because if you're anything like me, one of the things you've loved about these last few days has been the diversity. I just love it. I've been so humbled by some of the stories. So humbled. Listening to the condition of people's lifestyles and where they come from. It's just amazing. And I see how God's working their life, even in the hardship moves my heart. And so God wants a people from all nations. And as I said earlier, uh, Revelation 19, that moment where John is getting this vision of the future, suddenly the bride comes in. And in most Bibles that I've read, there's, there's a gap between what he says and the next piece because he's so in awe of what he sees that the angel says to him, hey, pay attention. Write these things down. And he's so enamored with the bride of Christ that he's forgotten about the vision he's seeing. Beautiful. Revelation 19. Have a look. And the story begins with one man. Abraham. Our father. As Hebrew says. Starts with one man. And he becomes a people group. Because he's carrying a promise from God that says... Through you, all nations will be blessed. I was hoping to get a big amen. 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 Because we are from nations here. The word nations is not the different flags we see at the Olympics. It's the people groups. The Basutu. The Zulu. Those from up north. All the different tribes. We've been talking about languages. We've been doing a lot of driving around Johannesburg. And you hear Malawi, 11 languages. Here in South Africa, I don't know what about 20, 11 official. And it just goes on. God loves diversity. He loves the people. And so Abraham's promise is fulfilled. And after 400 years of slavery, he redeems the people out of Egypt. And they go on to fulfill their destiny of inheriting the land. From a slave community, they become an army that made the nations tremble. In answering the question, why, why we're on this journey? Why, where are you going? Why, what is this journey? We need to first begin and realize that if you're here this morning and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you too are a former slave. The Bible story is one of our lives as well. Paul writing to the Galatians says, you slaves to sin. That means whatever sin wanted, you did. It just yanked your chain. You got taken. And then Jesus comes for freedom. He has set us free. That's what happened. That wonderful moment where we redeemed, sinners removed, righteousness received. And then in that moment, he didn't call for a people who had become a static people, gathering for occasional encouragement, but his first instruction was, go now into all the world. Help me fulfill this great call of mine to see all nations come in. <clears throat> Our primary task is not to hold ground. Not to hold ground, churches. Sometimes our walls are our greatest barrier. We need to live with that great call that we're about a worldwide work. Jesus says, I wish that all men be saved. 
makes his heart. Amen. And it relies on you and I and the work of the Spirit. And so we're on this journey. That's why we're doing it, because Jesus called us to. He's called your church. He's called our church to be on this journey with this ultimate goal of gathering up the nations to a loving God that we sang about earlier. Utando. Love. God love. And one day we'll stand before Him. And all the things of the world will just fade away. And you suddenly realize, wow, this is what life was about. The church was never to be static. Moses and his people were on a journey because of the purposes of God. And so to answer that question, why are we, why are we on this journey? To fulfill the purposes of God. Amen. Not a man's desire, but for God. I need a big chair. Come on. Last night I felt every one of my 62 years of life on this earth. I was doing the chicken song and I, I think I pulled the hamstring while I was doing the work. Where's Bafana? Bafana, you must go slowly with the old man now. Number two. Why was Moses so confident to ask this big ask of Hobab to join them on the journey? on the journey. And the simple answer is because it's God's call. It wasn't, wasn't Moses' idea. It was God's idea from the beginning of our time. God's idea was to redeem a people. To give them a promised land. And when he starts to speak to Hobab, the first thing he speaks about is God, not their mission. Did you see that? Oh, I changed my place in my Bible. That's where he begins. He begins with what God wants to do. He says to him, We are setting out for a place of which the Lord said. This is the Lord's plan. Brothers and sisters gathered here in Johannesburg, we're about what God wants. Forget about regions beyond. Forget about all those things. Just think, this is what God wants. Moses' confidence was not in his leadership or his history or anything like that. The stories of, he didn't start and say, hey, Hobab, listen to this. We stood at the Red Sea. The army of Pharaoh, you could see the dust, you could hear the chariots, you could hear the horses. And we stepped into the river, into the sea, he could have told stories, but not Moses. Because this wasn't about him, it was about a loving God. Amen. Amen. A loving God. His confidence was not in his people. He didn't say, hey, Hobab, you can go back to that one horse little town in the desert. You could be part of this. Look at us. Look at the order. Look at the standards. We could give you your own standards. Hobab, the Midianite, didn't do that. It wasn't about man. It was about God. As I call you to God's purposes today, my call is not to give yourselves to the purposes of regions beyond. <clears throat> to quote Isaiah, I think it is, that's too small a thing. It's too small a thing. We're a small company of churches spread right over the globe now. It's too small a thing. I'm calling you to the purposes of God. Regions, to help, uh, regions beyond helps us and gives us identity because we, we have shared promises. We have shared values. We have relationship. Those are the things that keep us together. Our values are the word of God and the spirit of mission and glorious church. All those things hold us together. What a joy. And what a joy to be so diverse. Our confidence, brothers and sisters, is in God's call on our lives. Amen. Come with us. 
Let's go fulfill God's call together. Let's make His name famous across Africa. I remember in Zimbabwe, where somebody came up from Zimbabwe, it might have been Pete West actually, and I remember, I think I was actually with you in Bandura, and there was a big square tank that we were baptizing people in. And God had been moving, and it was the most wonderful week. And I remember this diminutive little man going in to be baptized, and he's got his vest on and his shorts, and goes down into the water, and I'm standing watching, and he's just about to be baptized, and he puts his hand on his bow, and then he turns to his wife, and he says to her, oh, and Shauna, I think it would have been, I couldn't understand, and he's talking to her, I said to someone, what's he saying? Oh, he said to her, I just want to say, I treated you so badly, that's my wife. And he goes to ask forgiveness of her and to say, when I go in here, that old man is dying. And when I come up, the new man will rise. Those are the stories we want because we follow God into the nations. Why was he so confident? Because it was God's call. Number three, I need to move on quickly. Who was Hobab joining in the journey? Who was he joining? Who was he signing up to? What was the document? What did it say? To Moses, our leader of leaders, I'm all yours. I don't know what he was saying. What did it, who was he joining? Well, praise God Moses tells us. Because he says, We're setting out for the place for which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us. We will do good to you. For the Lord has promised good to Israel. Hobab's response, I will not go. I will depart to my own land and my kindred. Did you hear Moses' call? I went on a bit so that it was in there. Come with us. Come with us. Who was he joining? He was joining the people of God. A family of people. He wasn't joining Moses. Moses, come join me. I need you. Moses didn't think like that. He knew that God wanted a family. And so his language was family. Come and join us. Come with us, we'll do good. If you come with us, you will know all these people sitting over here. And if you come with us, you're going to get to know them. And we're going to do it together. Come and join us. God's aim was to redeem a family from the nations, as I've said so many times. And so when we join into a church and into a wider church movement, whatever the name or whatever it is, we join into God's family to fulfill God's purposes. Very good. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 8 is the most fabulous passage of Scripture. And uh, after this, if you don't know, that's why I said before you shout, we're with you, we're coming with you. Let me just say that we're going to do an offering after this for our purposes together. And all God's people said, Okay, here we go. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, um, Paul's writing to the Corinthians and he's using the churches in Macedonia. You'll remember that Paul had a vision where in the vision a Macedonian man comes and calls him out of Troas and he says, please come and help us. And so he has to travel up through the Aegean Sea right up to what we know now as um, uh, northern Greece, Armenia, that area, Macedonia, and he goes all the way up and then he plants churches. And those churches went through such a tough time. In fact, Paul as well. If you read those stories, it's from one town, beating, and then this, and then prison, and then being stoned, and he just goes on. And that was the story of the churches, the Thessalonians. My goodness, they had a tough time. 
And he's trying to explain to the, the um, Corinthians how to be generous, not only with resources, but with their lives. And he says to them, he says about the Macedonians, verse 2, For in the severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify. And then he goes on, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favour of taking part in the relief of the saints. This verse is the one I want to point out. And this not as we expected, in other words, we really weren't expecting this. We were hoping for a gift, but we got so much more. They gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Can you see how the, the church family works? When we come into a church family, by the will of God, by the call of God, we settle in a church, we think, this is where I belong. And we not only give of our resources, our time, and sit back and listen, but the call of God is that we give of ourselves. We give ourselves. I was hoping to get an amen. amen. They gave first themselves first to the Lord. That's the order. When we plant a church, when we, um, today, this, I don't think maybe last week, Trinity Church London, Heather and I were there when we planted four years ago. Our aim was to plant a church right in Westminster, which we've done. Westminster, London. We felt God called us there. And our aim was to preach the gospel so that people would firstly give themselves to the Lord. That's the aim of the gospel. Not join a movement, not join a church. But our hope is always that will always give themselves to us too. First to the Lord and then to us. Moses' call was to join the community of God. What a joy. How many of you enjoy the COVID season? No hands. No hands. Oh my goodness. I don't know about you, but it was a bruising few years. For those leading churches, I know some still recovering, families, job loss, hardship. For Heather and I, we had one special, special thing happen during COVID. God brought us one of the most special people I think I've ever met. And she happens to be here this morning. Her name is Brittany. And in this dark time, uncertain time, there was this beautiful moment where Brittany and our son Adam, I see the team back from delivering people, got married during COVID. What a special day. But the reason I want to tell you this is because she stands for something. She's a very enthusiastic person, Albert is. And over the, the, the months, I'm not going to look at it because she's crying and I'm going to cry. Yeah. But over the months that she was with us and the church was locked down, she would hear me on all these Zoom calls and then I'd chat to Heather and she would hear about this person and that person. I spoke to this person. And so over the, the, the months, she's just this understanding all the people around the world that we deal with were out there, all these names. Tell me about that person. I heard you mention. Where are they? Who are they? And then, to her joy, she heard about Simonye. She's been like a child getting ready for her birthday. <laughs> because she realized she's going to meet some of them in person. And she said, are they going to be there? So, Craig, Lindsay from Dubai, come here. Oh, I can't wait. 
That's how it should be with the family of God. Amen. Taught me such a lesson. I thought, wow. For me, it's just my, it's what I do. You know, I can't wait to see Wesley and have fellowship with him. I'm so tired of your face on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> He's usually got a cup of coffee. We've got no shedding. I can't make coffee. And then we sit and talk. Suddenly, we here in person. I can feel that warm embrace. That's how it should be. This morning I received a testimony from a dear friend, David, who's sitting to my left there, married to Agnes from Northern Malawi. And he sent me his testimony just to say thank you for this week. And I was getting ready for this morning, so I looked at a cup of tea and I said, oh, David, I'll read this. Oh my goodness, I was undone as I read this. And then there was one thing in there. That was the most beautiful thing. He explained how hard life had been for them. Lots of hardship and loss. And then he met Rory. And Rory asked him a question that it took me back. It just, I sat there thinking, what a question. So here he meets this man, he goes through a hard time. He's leading the church, he's got a wife, he's got a family going, but all sorts of complications during COVID. The question he asks him is, do you have a friend? Do you have a friend? Next question, would you like a friend? Can I be your friend? And I think, that's what I see here. Come with us. We'll do good. Not to get a position in some organization, but to be friends. To be true comrades. With the ultimate task. To be so woven together that people say, who are you people? We head to the Middle East at the end of the week. And I remember being in a place called Jebel Hafid, right on the top of this mountain. As can only happen in the Middle East. They've got this one and only mountain, Craig in Alain, I think it is. They cut the top of the mountain, built a hotel on top. One mile up, and we're there because they welcomed us. And we were like this, we're gathering as leaders, worshipping, praying. And all the staff we didn't know were going in the next room because it was only a a partition wall and they could hear our worship and on the other side of the wall they're all standing listening while we were worshiping in the morning and the next morning i got up to get ready it seems to be my lifestyle getting ready to speak that morning on the first time at breakfast is this lovely young filipino lady serving and she comes up in the morning and i bring you coffee to i love coffee and um, she pours it and uh, i'm busy reading and I see her lingering. And so I looked at her and she said, yes, I said, yes. And then she walked away and then she turned around and she came back. And I said, um, yes. She said, can I ask you a question? Who are you people? Who are you people? Because it's this nation and we see some from there there and we see how you have dinner together, we see you the way you worship together, we see how you pray. And I was able to say so, wow, that's nice to hear. Yes, we are the family of God. There's nothing like it. Amen. I must finish. Why did Moses want Hobab to join? Well, let me do this very quickly. He had a skill set from God. He had been given gifts from God. There were things that Hobart could do that no other person could do. Moses knew that. He's got two million people, I think it was, in a long train, all nice and ordered. He's got this, his favorite cloud out ahead. He's got the Ark of the Covenant going way ahead to mark out the way. But then out of all these crowds, he goes, I need you. Hobart, please don't leave us. Come with us. This morning, 
I want you to realize when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you didn't go into some membership registry and a date or anything like that. You were written on the palm of the Savior's hand. And then in His mercy and His wisdom and His love for you, He gave good gifts to you. There is no one else like you. Look around. Come on, see if you can find someone just like you. I'm just glad there's only one of these ones in our this one here. There's also a Liverpool supporter. But you're unique. You are totally unique. Your gift mix, the way your character has been formed, your worldview, your understanding, all that you are, you are unique. Amen. Which means that only you can fulfill your part. Amen. No one else. No one else. Amen. We can try and find someone, we might have to find three people to replace you. But you're the only one. And so when you step forward and you say, okay, God's got this plan. I'd love to be part of a family. I'd love something that's so family-orientated and accessible. I'd love that. And, hmm, I hear it. Let me come and play my part. Amen. Very good. You might just, might be sitting here and you're a nurse. You think, Steve, I'm a nurse. Let me just tell you, for Jesus Christ, you be the very best nurse there ever was. Yeah. We drove past our hospital on the way of Clarence to come here, and Toxie was telling and allowing about our hospitals. And I asked a question, oh, what the home hospital? I had him there a few times. When he was a little baby, he rushed in there. And Toxie said, oh, don't sleep. It's terrible. People don't work, don't serve. And you think, what's the answer? The answer is the Church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's get some nurses in there who serve a living Savior. Yeah. I've got a whole list in front of me. I could go through the list. Maybe I've said enough. One I want to point out. Those of you moms and dads raising kids these days, the world has really drummed down on dads. Being a mom at home with kids is looked up. You do what? You do what? I just want to say to you, we live on a continent that's many, I don't know the percentage, maybe it's something I need to look up, of how many people grow up without a dad and a mom. Can I be bold this morning? If that's you, if you grew up in a household and you didn't have a dad and mom in the household, could you just raise a hand? Wow. My heart's got Come with us. We'll do good. How can be the best mom, the best dad? Then we'll take it to this nation, that nation. Then we'll go there. Then we'll change Africa. Change Africa? Serious? Well, God's spoken to us in the last few days to play our part. Amen. And I want to tell you, Heather and I, we're going to do just that. Don't you stand? Thank you, Greg. If you, that's right, many of you have never um, seen Craig and Lindsay before. Craig and Lindsay come from what's called, now called City Gates Church in Dubai. 
Um, a new church that began today, Craig, or last week? Today. Today. And it's the coming together of two very significant churches in Dubai that came together. Gateway Church Dubai, City Hill Church that came as one, now called City Gates. And um, Craig and Lindsay, thank you so much for coming out to be with us. So, Oh 